This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London. Good morning from New York. Great to hear your dulcet tones again, Ed. It's July the 1st, of course. And I think we should first reflect on the first half of 2022. And particularly for US stocks, it's been a pretty awful first six months of the year, has it not? Very much so. Um, I mean, U.S. stocks, they had the worst first half performance since 1970. Um, This is mainly because recession years are growing. And uh, there's a lot of concern from investors that they doubt the Fed can follow through on that uh, soft landing. And uh, this week, we saw a wrath of economic indicators. And right now, the key takeaway is that the economy is slowing down fairly quickly. Consumer spending, it declined for the first time this year, which when you consider some of the recent wage gains, uh, you know, the cost of living is basically absorbing all that income. There was a little bit of a, a relief rally when the Fed's favorite inflation gauge provided a little bit of optimism that core inflation is cooling. But you have to remember, they're still relatively at stubbornly high levels. And when you take a look at all the labor market indicators, the economy still seems to be in decent shape. But right now, I think everyone's expecting that the Fed continues with an aggressive pace of tightening at the July policy meeting and possibly the September one. The problem is we've had a terrible six months to start the year, but the worst is yet to come as far as many are concerned. I think the key takeaway from this week was we had all the major central bank governors um, attend that ECB forum, and they're pretty much in, in uh, unison saying that you know this with the uncertainties you know surrounding inflation, um, they need to move forward with an aggressive tightening stance, and and that's really going to choke some parts of the economy. And and right now they you know there's a lot of you know, focus on these economic models. And um, it just, it just, it's spelling bad news for economic activity going forward. You're, you're having a consumer that is much weaker. Uh, and, and, and you're, I think there's, you know, some hints that you're already seeing some uh, dis- disruptions in that uh, robust labor market outlook. So um, no, the economy is, you know, and, and this is the problem. Um, like Fetcher Powell keeps on saying that the economy is strong and that uh, it should be able to withstand a recession. And, you know, that type of talk, um, <laughs> um, you know, it doesn't bode well for um, consumer stocks. I mean, consu- you know, consumer spending makes up for you know, over two thirds of the economy here in the U.S. And I, I think, you know, there's there's just a tremendous amount of pessimism and all all the, you know, big money managers they they're continuing to fade every rally i think that you're you're looking at uh, a market that is anticipating that maybe yes second quarter earnings will uh, not be as terrible as some are fearing but the outlook for third quarter fourth quarter and the beginning of next year isn't too good there's just a, a tremendous amount of pessimism and we're seeing so many company specific stories that are really making investors just uh, kind of accelerate that rebalancing of their portfolios um and and uh, it's just uh leading to a lot more momentum selling and uh, i think right now there's a lot of people you know if you have a three to five year outlook for stocks Yes, this you know these current levels are attractive. I think there is a 
um, a general consensus that equities will will be um, much higher where we are in in that time period. But if you're an active trader, um, or if you have uh, a goal of uh, you know reaching your your uh, fin- finality of that trade by the end of the year, um, there's still a, um, a, a big amount of uncertainties as far as you know how much lower can we go, and um, you know. Will is the the risk of a Fed policy mistake um, tightening too far um, still viable? And 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 you're 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 seeing there's just a, a lot of hesitancy here, and you're entering this summer period. Um, so I think you're you're probably going to see a very choppy market for you know the next couple months. And a lot of that pessimism and uncertainty is down to the turbulence of the energy and oil markets. This week we've uh, seen OPEC plus meet again. What did we learn? This is fascinating because there was expectations this was going to be an easy meeting and and it was. Um, And they, you know, ratified that you know commitment to pump an extra 648,000 barrels a day of oil in August. Which you know, for a lot of people, just doesn't really, um, I think, make up for the the current shortfall that we're still seeing. This market is just too tight. And uh, but the key takeaway was that um, you know everyone is expecting that President Biden's trip to Saudi Arabia next uh, this month now um, is 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 going to um, possibly see an olive branch thrown by the Saudis or um, the the UAE, where they they might signal um, they could increase production a little bit more. Um, there's really expectations that now, uh, you know, we we could start to get some more supply. Uh, but I think you have to remember, um, you know, the there's this big emphasis that okay, well, if OPEC Plus did follow through on that pledge for that extra 648,000 barrels per day, you know. That would restore the final tranche of the 9.7 million barrels per day that um, got cut during the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, But we have to remember, OPEC Plus compliance has been terrible. Um, You have a lot of the um, African nations, um, they've they've had, um, just because of lack of investment in their wells, they've... they can't reach their their, their quota numbers. So um, President Biden is hoping that the Saudis, UAE, and maybe um, like another member or two will be able to help make up that shortfall. But I think there is still um, an unlikely scenario here that OPEC Plus actually follows through on that compliance. And I think that should still keep this market tight. Um, we are, though, seeing um, weaker demand um, here in the U.S. Uh, You know, in the third week of the peak summer driving season, um, it's not looking too too robust. And and I think that uh, um, I can, you know, tell you that driving on the highways, driving down the turnpike, just uh, um, noticing that it's not as busy as it should be. Um, and and, and I, I think one of the things that uh, really stood out for me was uh, um, when I went to fill up the tank on, a, on our rental, um, you know, it, it cost me $65. And uh, um, I, I, th- I think that, uh, you know, the 
the, the price of the pump um, is is definitely discouraging some um, travel plans here. And uh, I think what you're going to probably see is that, um, yes, people are going to continue to go with their summer travel plans, but um, they might not be looking to travel as far as they were initially intending. Um, and also that um, I think, you know, the, the widespread inflation across everything from rents, food prices, and uh, I think that's really going to weigh on things. And when you take a look at what's happening in the airlines, that is a particularly interesting story. Airlines are now struggling. They, they can't keep up with this pent up demand. And now what they're having to do, like Delta offered uh, $10,000 for people to change their flights <laughs> uh, during that um, peak uh, 4th of July period here. And I'll take that. Yeah, it, this this is something that you're, you're seeing. Airlines are having to pay their pilots more. There's still a labor shortage and they're, they're having to cancel so many flights. Um, and US, the U.S. government, uh, some senators have not been shy in saying, like, these airlines need to be um, um, held accountable for. So they're, they're really trying to make sure that they keep all the pilots on staff. They're trying to do the temporary hiring to make sure things can go smoothly. Um, and now they're offering, you know, massive incentives for, for people to, you know, change their tickets. So it's just a losing equation for airlines. And then when you throw in maybe in two, three, four quarters, we're in a recession. Uh, that's not good for demand for travel. So uh, airlines have all of a sudden, they've gone from, you're going to have everyone traveling. This is going to be the, the celebration of the end of COVID as everyone has had the chance to get vaccinated or have recovered from this. And they're looking to do um, you know extravagant trips. But now inflation has killed, you know, you know the the traveling abroad or or even you know further south and for the <laughs> to the the, the nicer uh, states um weather that they offer but um now you're it's just uh, airlines are just not looking attractive at all and um it's just uh it, it goes to to tell you that you know the demand is still very strong short term but you know the crude demand outlook is mixed so i mean oil is still tight it's still probably um going to be supportive here i mean it has um, come down uh, uh again but um you know it, it it, this is this is a you know this was one of the favorite trades you know over the you know the last you know year or two um because the supply demand uh, equation was very easy to calculate so oil is getting to be a little bit tougher of a trade but um right now um no it's just um also one of the the key ingredients to why inflation is really uh, leading to economic slowdown fears Let's talk Bitcoin, which has taken another hit following the turbulence we've discussed already in the equity markets. And it's the latest sign, isn't it, that it may no longer be regarded as an alternative to shares. And uh, Ed, your wise words have reached uh, London. The London Evening Standard is quoting you on this story today. Ed, you'll be interested to hear. Says Ed Moyer, senior market analyst at Oanda, says that if share turmoil continues, then Bitcoin, quote, could be vulnerable to one more ugly plunge that could have many traders fearing a fall towards the $10,000 area. Have they quoted you correctly? <laughs> Thank you for the shameless plug. And <laughs> yes, there has been a lot of risk off 
environment on Wall Street that has, you know, really kind of uh, accelerated the, the last leg lower for uh, Bitcoin and all the other cryptocurrencies. But now what we're starting to see is that there is um, some bigger problems for crypto. Um, you've seen some credit lending firms go under. You're seeing um, um, uh, just uh, fear that there, there's going to be a, a big fallout over these next um, several months. I think that uh, um, one of the, the, the big interviews um, of the, the week um, was when uh, FTX CEO um, Sam uh, Bankman Freed um, noted, uh, or more commonly known as SBF, uh, that uh, more crypto company insolvencies are coming. Um, and what that you know, is really driving is that market contagion that you're going to see so many crypto companies come under. And what these companies are rich in are in cryptocurrencies. And what happens is uh, they're going to try to stay afloat as long as possible. And they're going to have to unload their cryptocurrencies. So you're, you're, you're going to see possibly relentless selling if more insolvencies are coming. And, and that is keeping everyone cautious right now that's why um you might need to see um like a lehman type moment and i mean it you know basically the the price action already delivered a lehman type moment for for a lot of these coins but you, you might need to see uh another key sell-off here uh to flush out you know the the companies that don't need to 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 remain and and i think what you're you're probably going to see though is there's there's going to be a lot of indiv individuals companies even even the ftx ceo um has been uh you know eyeing which assets to go after uh, you know um, acquiring BlockFi, you know um was you know viewed as getting it for pennies on the dollar was a a steal and that i think there's there's so many companies that um are just collapsing because of the, the way they were leveraged, the way they were um, set up, um, and nothing to do with their, you know, their their, their company structure or, or um, how they're um, looking to um, break into uh, blockchain and, and and foster more um, technolo technological advances in, in this space. But just because of you know you know whenever you're the asset you're supporting, you know you know crumbles uh um they just can't they can't stay afloat and, and you're you're gonna see that uh so many of these companies are gonna get picked up um so so i think we're we're getting close to the bottom um and and i think you know there's there's some some investors that are saying like now this is the end of the space um but i i think that's still unlikely i think there's still tremendous um real world applications um there's a major commitment across a steady stream of corporate american giants that um anticipate that this is going to foster the next level of of innovation and 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 growth potential for for these companies so um it's a messy period but i think this is where you, you're starting to see um a lot of the big money uh, they're hesitant right now scaling into a position, but I think they're 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 probably going to be eyeing you know the you know if we go to fourteen thousand five hundred and if there is that you know severe plunge to ten thousand um, that would most likely be bought um, and and that's probably where you're you're seeing a lot of people kind of wait they're they're waiting and seeing because right now this is still um, an ugly environment and. And I think until until we start to see peak 
inflation firmly agreed upon uh, and and you see some stability in the stock market that should provide some underlying support for cryptos especially bitcoin but um it's a uh, it's been a a, a a brutal crypto winter that uh, um, is, is uh, you know, <laughs> going deep into this summer. Um, but, but I think we're, we're starting to see that there is, you know, some, some companies going under and I think the space needed to get cleaned up. And, and I think that consolidation of some of the companies that, you know, really um, had no, um, I think significant long-term uh, value uh, proposals. That is, um, th th those companies need to go under, and and then um, I think you could see um, the space will normalize. But uh, no, it's been a it's been a brutal week for crypto. But I think uh, um, you know the the cheerleaders, the people who have been you know pumping it up, they've been pretty quiet. And I think that's been, you know, letting people focus more on the 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 crypto headlines, which. Um, recently have been you know mostly mostly bearish and there must be quite a lot of speculators out there who've missed the bitcoin explosion and will as you have suggested buy that dip there will be a point where it just become too tempting i think so and and i think i think that right now regardless of whether you're a retail or institutional investor uh you know, we have to remember crypto was the best performing asset class for three years. This year was a rude awakening, but I, I think that when you take a look at what opportunities um, are, are still out there and, and, and how, you know, blockchain can make companies more efficient, how blockchain can really change the way um, a good part of the world operates, uh, there's, there's really going to be... Um, you know some potential um, uh, big winners here for for the crypto space. I think um, one of the the questions that I get asked by you know you know true crypto reporters, not ones that are getting flagged. I need to cover this because this market's crashing. Um, but like Ethereum, they're, they're having their major merge. Um, you know, changing the way uh, their their coins are mined, making it more climate friendly and less relying on computer powering and energy you're, you're going to see that ethereum's merge um which will is still you know scheduled to happen in the fall could provide a, a major um opportunity here for um just a, a belief that there 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 is some good news happening in in the cryptoverse um and if that coincides with inflation peaking the fed starting to signal that okay we're going to go down to a slower pace of tightening um possibly um you know you you could make the argument that um you know you you could see um you know a very strong you know end of the third quarter fourth quarter for for crypto but um you know it's still you're still at a an area where you know it it, it could still dip 50 percent and you know that <laughs> with that risk on the table um there's still um, a lot of hesitancy just getting in just now but um i think um a lot of traders they um you know the the way the the whale alerts are happening you're not seeing a lot more money move to the exchanges just yet so that should be providing some support that you know we might not necessarily have that major plunge um it might be a slow grind but uh grind lower that is um but um there's uh i think some hope for the the crypto enthusiasts that um the bottom is nearing 
Okay, uh, it's been a fairly busy week. Let's look ahead to the next seven days or so. What should we look out for? Well, uh, next week, I, I think you know it's uh, there's going to be some thin liquidity in that the the, the first uh, uh, trading day of the week. Um, the U.S. markets will be closed for um, observing Independence Day, and uh, whenever you have a shortened week, that um, you know makes that uh, Sunday night open critical. Um, I think that you're you're probably going to see the the focus will be. Um, you know, on, on that Monday though, um, you got Turkish CPI, Switzerland CPI. Um, there's uh, um, also uh, the Ukraine Ukraine um, recovery conference, which is happening in Switzerland. Um, so I think those will be the some of the events people will focus on on Monday. Um, Tuesday is when things get interesting. You have U.S. factory orders, durable goods. You know that the how quick is you know factory activity weakening that's that's going to be a big focal point for a lot of traders uh the rba has a rate decision they're expected to raise rates by half a point to 1.35 percent and then you know obviously with the start of the month you you get a wrath of pmi data uh india singapore south africa i think uh, everyone is going to start to pay closer attention to uh those those uh numbers we also get the boe's financial stability report on Tuesday. Um, Wednesday, it's a busy day. Um, Fed minutes, jolts, job openings, more PMIs from the US, uh, German factory orders. So I, I think you're going to also see one one that I don't normally talk about. The UN will post their annual uh, the State of the Food, Security, and Nutrition in the World report. Um, any, anything with food right now is drawing special attention because there's there's a uh, the inflation that is hitting energy we cover so much, but the the one uh, you know topic that is critical for for every individual in this world is food, and uh, I think um, that's going to be a good one to to watch. Um, lots of central banks speak. ECB's Ren, the BOE chief economist is speaking. Uh, Deputy Governor Cunliffe for the BOE is also going to talk on central bank digital currencies, which um, I'm sure we'll get a chance to recap next week. And then um, you, you have the G20 foreign ministers meeting in, in Bali. Um, lot, some Fed speak, Waller, Bullard. It kind of all comes to a close on Friday where we get that uh, U.S. non-farm payroll report. Hiring is, is, uh, is slowing, uh, but there's still expected uh, job growth, and that is giving the green light for the Fed to remain fairly aggressive here in catching up and tightening policy. So that will be uh, a key focal point for a lot of traders. Um, and um, obviously, we will pay close attention to any um, updates from the Biden administration as far as the planned trip to Saudi Arabia later this month. We'll also see the war in Ukraine um, remain, um, you know, the probably the the one recurring uh, focal point on every day. Um, I think the EU proposing to, you know, one million dollar support for Ukraine. You know, you're you're constantly seeing that. Um, there's 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 questions being asked. How long can the, this uh, financial support be given to the Ukraine? And and right now, all the government leaders are saying, you know, until until. You know, this this war is over but uh there there's uh, as 
the economy weakens, uh, there, there's going to be questions on on how uh, much support can really be given. So at least here in the states, that is. Um, so so there's 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 a lot to to stay on top of. But uh, I think that um, you know that shortened trading week will definitely make it a volatile one. Okay. Have a very good weekend, and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you, Johnny. You too. This is the Oanda Podcast.